Welcome to the T-Head Podcast. I'm Marty. And I'm Moby. And I'm Leland. So, Thor Ragnarok. More like Bore Ragnarok. Terrible! He was really awful. Yeah, I didn't laugh at all. There were no laughs in the entire movie. You can't see the giant smile on my face right now (laughs) as I think about that movie. That movie was just great. That movie was some of the most pure fun I've had in the movie theater as long as I can remember. I couldn't say it any better. Fun defines that movie. I I agree. (laughs) I'm glad you do. For once. (laughs) We're almost speechless because I think... For I think Marvel films and superhero films in general have started to become more and more formulaic. And it's something that we've complained about here. And we finally found a film that kind of broke out with its own identity for Thor, uh, who needed it in, in particular. And it was great. It was hilarious. And it was fresh. And he needed it so badly. Like, the Thor of the first two films compared to the Thor of the third film. I, I didn't even care about the first two films in comparison. I mean, the, the, I know, the fact that it... It's like he's a totally different character. It is. And, and it, the funny thing is, is like when they re, they kind of do like soft recap the other films, like through kind they did of a little, yeah. funny memes in totally. the movie. Totally. I uh, like that play. Yeah. And like, I needed that, honestly. I'm like, oh yeah, elves. Forgot about those. Yeah. I see that. I mean, I watched Dark World yesterday, so I guess a refresher, going, yeah. knowing we were going to see it, of course. Um, so, but that even made those things land even better for me, mm-hmm. having it even fresh in my mind. And then the crazy juxtaposition between the lightheartedness of Ragnarok and the, like, you know, the dark, oh my God, everything's fucked, Dark World kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh, so good. You so know, good. It, it really was. And I, I just... You know, I love that I feel like a director and maybe Marvel to a degree um, agreed to take a risk here. And it feels like, you know, they were rolling for snake eyes and they got them on the craps table. You see the die rolling slow motion. Snake eyes good on playing craps? Sir? I think snake eyes might be bad playing craps. Okay, whatever's good. You want seven, right? Moby is not a gambler, okay? But I respect... Yeah. When movie studios gamble. Okay, okay. Well, let's, before we get full into this, that's obviously full spoilers, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So many spoilers. Full, full spoilers, listener. And um, it's going to basically, this bonus episode will be like two parts, right? Yeah. Our review of Ragnarok itself, mm-hmm. and then kind of our launch of our bonus trilogy series that we're going to be periodically doing and releasing. Yeah, we're going to give some criteria of what we think makes a great trilogy. Uh, maybe talk about a few that we'll probably talk about down the pipeline here and uh, discuss Thor as a trilogy. So, <laughs> Marty, you know, let's start off with you. You know, just just dive into your thoughts on this movie. Okay, uh, right off the bat, the tone of the film is fantastic. Like, right from the first scene, that whole... F- as soon as he's spinning on that chain and he gets spun around and he's like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Before we talk. <laughs> What's going on? This thing's spinning me by its, it's... It's... You know... I think everyone's, like, waiting with bated breath. We're sitting in this theater, and it's quiet. And then... I think every almost everybody in the theater just kind of cracked up a little bit and got a little giddy, and that set the whole theater up. And then everyone was ha- having a good time. And that was one film where I think everyone in the theater just left, like, with a smile on their face. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And, I mean, even a few seconds before, for me, I, I started getting the tone when 
Uh, Thor starts, and it's like he's addressing or breaking the fourth wall. Right. He's addressing the audience. And then you find out he's talking to a skeleton. His yeah, jaw just yeah. Kind of yeah, falls yeah. off. You think it's like some voiceover, but no, I, no. No, no. And I started to snicker, and I'm like, yeah, a dead guy. we're in it. There was a lot of funny little, like, um, not, not, I wouldn't even say they were, like, Easter eggs, but just little things happening in the background that were really funny. Like, just the skeleton falling behind him as he falls, <laughs> yeah. like, collapsing. And a lot of things with the aliens, like that little uh, crab guy. That was an awesome character. Him and the rock guy. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, uh, the Krog Korg. Korg. Yeah. Uh, when you see them fighting, like, and, and the fight scenes were, like, I'd heard some uh, reviews say that they were secondary, but they were great for a Marvel yeah. And there was a lot of them. Yeah, a ton. The biggest surprise for me, the biggest surprise was that the action was so well done. That is some of the most kick-ass action for me that I've seen in the entire MCU. When he goes God Thor and lightning lights up his eyes, especially at the end when he's just fucking things up with yeah, lightning. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I just, that just jacked me. It was really good for PG-13 too. Like, yeah. for yeah. a PG movie, I mean, it wasn't bloody but for the most part, but it was, like, intense. Oh, yeah, like, I mean, intense, for the most part, you're yeah. fighting, they're fighting desiccated yeah. uh, fallen Asgardian soldiers. But, I mean, you have Hulk fighting zombie Fenrir, for Christ's sake. Oh, my God. That is the most fucking amazing <laughs> thing ever. That was so cool. <laughs> well, as soon as I saw, I like, it was in the trailer, but I forgot that, like, that. Oh, I forgot that, it. too. And then I'm like, Giant Wolf. I'm like, that's like Fenrir, right? And then he's, she's like, oh, Fenrir. What that have they done baby. Here? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. Oh, that was great. Um, yeah, like, I mean, it didn't really lose any steam either. And a lot of times, like, oh, I mean, the pacing was fantastic. It was really good. I mean, like, Guardians 2, for example, really loses some steam partway through. Yeah. And uh, this film didn't lose it at all. Yeah, I know. It's just like, you're like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's always predictable where it's going, kind of, really. I mean. Yeah, there was a few little um, things thrown in, but for sure. But, okay. But the one thing, one gripe I had is where, what happened to Sif, the lady of the four? Right. Well, mm. Like, we saw the, all three of his other buddies die. Where yeah. what happened? Where's Sif? I didn't notice her in there Yeah, at all. I can't remember. Did, and you just watched. I just watched Dark World. She's, yeah. she's, uh, she's nothing happened to her in Dark World. No. I don't think. But maybe they wrote her off. Just same way they wrote off Natalie Portman. <laughs> Maybe, but oh, I love Sif. Oh, yeah. Thor should have picked Sif. But uh, wasn't Sif in um, the TV show for a while, too? Oh, uh, you know, I think maybe you're so right. Maybe I think she was in like Sh- Agents of Shield. She was, yeah. So maybe yeah. they pulled her away for that. Ah, uh, interesting. And I don't watch that, so I have no, no idea. No, I haven't seen that either. Huh. Uh, but that was like the one thing I was like, what the, where the fuck is Sif? Yeah. Where's my favorite of Everyone those else came back. Yeah. They did a good job of like, oh yeah, that character. Oh, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> At least the one guy had a nice fight that yeah. lasted a little bit longer than three seconds. <laughs> she yeah, pops else. out of the rainbow <laughs> bridge and throws her magic knives and come out of... I mean, how many knives does she have? Well, And all, when she's fighting the Searcher, the flame thing, and she, why didn't she just use those spikes to take out the ship if she really wanted to stop the ship from going anywhere? She puts one spike into the ship to pin it in place, mm-hmm. but then she's got a whole mountain's worth of giant emerald spiky things to fight this fire giant. Ladies and gentlemen, the T-Hud podcast, where we love a movie and start with the negatives every <laughs> time. It but, was, I mean, really, it's not even a negative. It's no. It's barely a negative. That's just a discussion. I, yeah. And, just, al- and honestly, like, I don't have really any obvious negatives that I can think of. Yeah. 
Marty, what I think you hit the nail on the head spot on is pacing. Most movies, even good movies, lag in the second act in the middle. And this didn't. You were in for a ride from beginning to end. And it it was fantastic. And as far as risking, you know, with the supposedly 80% of improvised dialogue, I think it came out great. I think the jokes hit and it was very natural. Yeah, there wasn't like a single part of that movie that I thought didn't land. No, nothing felt awkward. No, no. no, but Leland, there is something I want to ask you, which is um, there's a reference to do with the address of Doctor Strange's mm. apartment. You bit, bitched about that. I okay. So he, when Strange takes Loki before his little cameo, he leaves this note saying he's at one seventy seven A Beaker Street or whatever. It's a reference to him playing Sherlock. And like 223B Baker Street or whatever. Sherlock's oh, yeah. Like, I think it said like Bleecker Street. Yeah, I did. And it was like 177A or something stupid yeah. like that. And I just, I'm, I don't, I don't know. I just thought it was stupid. Yeah. It was a nod. To, it was just a nod to Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. It was a nod to Cumberbatch. That's all yeah. it was. Well, any, and so should we. We should always nod to Cumberbatch. Nah, I don't give a shit about Cumberbatch. Okay. Well, I was going to ask, and this was in my mind before we, we did the podcast, is... Uh, Doctor Strange's extended cameo. I haven't seen the Doctor Strange film yet, so this is me knowing, meeting him for the first time. Do you feel like his cameo was necessary for pushing along the plot a little, or do you think that was completely unnecessary? Um, I think it was thrown in as, like, a fun surprise. Okay. I, no, yeah, sure, yes. But also, that whole scene uh, was the end credits of Doctor Strange. That's true. Oh, yeah, Yeah, the post credit scene. The, the, you see the part where he's sitting in his chair and he's refilling his mug of beer. That's the post-post <laughs> scene in Doctor Strange. Yeah, uh, and I briefly forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'd assume this film took place just after that scene, like that that's, scene. That's, so, but that's what I really liked about including him is when they're, they are, they're like cementing timelines. That's cool. Because that means Doctor Strange's movie itself was well before this because he, because at the end of Doctor Strange, he's... He's just becoming Doctor Strange. So yeah. he's all he is. You see, he has a, he's pretty clearly had some time as being Doctor Strange. Yeah. And, you know, it developing his own powers and shit like that. Right. Yeah. He's got his gloves over his damaged hands and shit now. So I like that. I like him being in it just because now I have this timeline now. Yeah. Which I think is sorry to keep interrupting yeah. you. But that's one thing like going back to Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm just confused on the whole Marvel timeline now. Of of Spider Man being set, you know, so many years after the Avengers incident, I, like it's it's all weird. And I heard I was read heard read some things online or whatever about you know Doctor Strange was manipulating time, and that could have been warped shit. So I don't know what exactly the timeline. To me, it's unclear and fuzzy how the you know the the periods between things, right? It is. And that's Marvel's doing, too. I think they're very unclear with, you know, amongst themselves, to some extent, a few of those details. And specifically when Avengers is supposed to fit in, like the first Avengers fits into everything, there's some sort of, like, kind of fuzziness there, like you're saying. Right. So... Because, I mean, okay, so what what is the timeline according to Thor? I mean, this may be getting into a tangent, but that's our specialty. So, okay, so Thor 1, before Avengers. Yes. Right? And then uh, how long was he gone for? Uh, at least a year because in Dark World he has been gone for a year and Natalie Portman's character references seeing him and she mentions, you were on Earth again. You were in New York. Why didn't you see me? Blah, blah, blah. Right. And all this shit. 
So it's been at least a year, maybe probably closer to two, after Avengers, when Dark World, the incidents of Dark World happens. And then after that, Loki banishes Odin and takes the throne, and Thor uh, leaves Asgard to go, you know, right as guardian wrongs, or, or no, look for the stones, look for some stones, which he fails to find. So I don't know how long he was out doing that, mm-hmm. but then you have... From Avengers to Spider-Man, what was it, not eight years, they said? I think so, yeah. So, Thor's been gone for eight years. At least seven. So, Thor, so Dark World, two years after that, then Thor's been gone from Midgar for six years since Dark World? Does that make sense, though? That doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm pretty sure Avengers 2 was, like, set. Oh, right, right, of course, he comes back for, I forget, he can't, oh, right. Right. (laughs) I just forget about Age of Ultron. Yeah. Oh, okay, I can't remember the age of Ultron. What the heck happened to the Hulk? He left on the Quinjet? Okay, so Ultron was flying away. Right. Ultron got in the Quinjet trying to escape. Hulk yeah. jumped into it, threw him out, and then was still on the jet running away. Oh. It was just flying whatever destination Ultron had put in it. Right, or okay. whatever. And he was stuck in it. He, yeah, he was in it. So he, like, they lost him. Okay. Because uh, I guess like the the thing the jet went into like cloaking or whatever and they okay. couldn't track it or so good yeah way, they good lost way to it. write him off of uh, civil war yeah exactly exactly okay. and Thor I guess and yeah to get him into uh, Planet Hulk essentially yeah which is as close as we're ever gonna get oh, to a Planet Hulk that's film probably why I really loved it so much I mean there's just lits and bits and pieces of it yeah but I love like Korg and the little Screech guy those are their characters right from Planet Hulk they're part of uh, Hulk who's war bound. When he leaves Planet Hulk to come back to Earth to fuck shit up because he's pissed because uh, the Quinjet or whatever the jet that the Illuminati send him off in explodes and destroys his wife and unborn child. Yeah. Ah, it just leads right into World War Hulk and I love it. Uh. I read a funny tidbit from uh, Mark Ruffalo about Mm -hmm. uh, filming and like kind of writing some background for uh, Hulk in this film and his bed that's like a... Giant head. Job something, and it's the first creature he fought and killed to become champion. Uh, and he made him bed for himself. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is that's awesome. so good. It was great to see Hulk have some dialogue and yeah, like funny like dialogue. They used like it, it really well. I enjoy Hulk is the best when he has some semblance of intelligence. Like he's just he's just so good. He's such a good character. Yeah, I mean they they didn't go like over smart like. No, World War Hulk. Hulk, Yeah, they didn't know. They didn't make him World War World World War Hulk. WWH Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) No, which was smart. I mean, that was funny. Yeah, making sense. Um, It worked perfect with uh, Thor, who's like a bro. (laughs) Yeah, right. Totally. Like Thor's pretty Neanderthal himself too, right? Yeah, I thought it was great, and just the uh, how they play off on Thor's arrogance. Like you know, he's trying to reactivate the Quinjet by like most powerful Avenger and uh, <laughs> which is of course what Banner had yeah most powerful Avenger and yeah you know it's funny because a lot of the humor naturally comes from how arrogant Thor is mm-hmm. as this prince I mean he's a good guy like, he's not evil at all yeah I would say he's noble he's noble he's a noble ma- uh, but he's, person as guard he's a no he's noble but he can be cocky and right. uh, and it's funny well he's royalty yeah. Right? yeah. This is the upper class. They did a great job, actually, with that, especially in this one. Like, he comes off as, like, the royalty with no, like, real-life skills. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and Valkyrie, she was great. She was a really good character. Yeah, I was kind of thinking she'd just be, like, a very secondary, not very interesting character. But all the secondary characters were great, and especially her. 
Yeah, she was cool. She was really cool. Her fight scenes were cool. All the, well, I mean, all the fight scenes were cool. But every character had a moment to shine. And uh, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Grandmaster, <laughs> was basically Jeff Goldblum. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, I was expecting a lot of weirdness from him in the role. But him, like, playing a digital piano or, like, a holographic piano keyboard and the birthday button. Yeah. Like, space <laughs> button. Oh, it was hilarious. escape on his orgy ship. <laughs> That's the best thing. <laughs> he, he was just awesome. You're right. The movie really didn't miss any notes. I mean, even Korg, the director, who had a substantial supporting role, was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, those characters were really good. Uh, I mean, they are a vast departure, of course, from their depiction in the comics. But that's because of the tone of the movie and the circumstance. You just can't keep those characters true to the source material. It just doesn't work. And that that almost gives them a a way to get out it's like a get out of jail free card when it comes to these characters it's like well all these characters have to fit this film yeah so if, if they don't quite you know you don't like it. the comics well totally. that's okay but i mean they're just they're just entertaining they're just, exactly it's so funny yeah and, and when something's entertaining you can forgive some things totally yeah um was it uh i'll come back to it so leland uh, uh you know i was thinking improv improvisational improvisational impro Improv. We'll just run with improv. Improv and it'll bleh. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the uh, improv in the film. I didn't really know. Didn't come across as like feeling improvisational to me. No, not really. Yeah. It, it did for me, but not in a bad way. I think it was particularly the comedic banter, which did feel like eighty percent of the <laughs> dialogue in the movie um, was very natural. I particularly liked, I was worried about how Mark Ruffalo would be with that kind of dialogue, but he was great when he turned back to Banner. Yeah, he was. And, you know, I guess uh, Tony's pants are too tight over the crotch and Banner's self-conscious about that, so he keeps plucking in every scene the uh, pants away. There's some good physical humor there. That was... Actually, I thought that was probably my least favorite thing in the film was Banner. And not that I was bad, but I just, that's one character I thought just was kind of maybe too far away from how I would imagine better. I I can see that. I can see that. But it's, I think it serves its purpose though, because when he turns back to Banner, he is literally a fish out of water. That's true. And And he he definitely plays the role. Yeah. So I mean, I gotta gotta assume that's what they were going for. Especially considering he remembers nothing apparently. Oh yeah, totally. Which is... I like that precedent that they're setting with the whole character too. I really like that. The potential for those something something coming out of that moving forward, mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, I think it'll add something, giving Hulk a personality too. Yep, and that'll actually mean something going moving forward into uh, these next films and when you know bigger stakes are kind of happening and he someone people can die and if we actually really care about the Hulk and we're worried about the Hulk, like. You know, I highly doubt they're going to kill off the Hulk. I mean, one, like... They can't. He can't. He can't die. You know, you can kill Banner, you can't kill yeah, Hulk. Banner, Banner, Banner dies, and the Hulk continues to live forever. Yeah, at least in the comic book universe. Who it's knows about... Hulk 2099. Yeah, but we don't know cinematically what they're planning, so... But I think that's going to give us some reason to care, and... Uh, I'll be mad if they kill the Hulk. If they come up with some bullshit excuse, yeah. I will be Leland raging like... Fucking crazy, right? Well, watch out, Marvel. Don't do that. <laughs> and uh, I also like the uh, Black Widow uh, tie-in there that brought him back to yeah, the banner. That was, that was nice. cool. It, yeah, that made sense to me. I can. I mean, it's a little like, oh, okay, he sees her for a second. 
Uh, and it's like, then now he turns back after two years. Dude, but if I like Scarlett it. Johansson was talking to me, <laughs> I would stop raging. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was that was good. That was a good scene. But I would turn big and veiny. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about Hulk's animation? To me, it looked like he was animated a bit better, like the quality compared to his past outings. I don't know. I just noticed that. Definitely looked like Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah, more yeah, Ruffalo-ish a than... Lot, a lot more like him, before. for sure. Yeah, Is it yeah. Ruffalo or Ruffalo? I think it's... I say Ruffalo. Like, Ruff, Ruff. You say Ruffalo, I say Ruffalo. I will call him Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Just Mark. Just Mark. Fair enough. So, uh, setting up uh, Infinity War... Oh, wait, wait, no, there's one last thing. Yeah. The Moby and I were talking about it coming back from the theater. The uh, the Willy Wonka scene. Yes, oh, that, that was so good. awesome. That was the best thing ever. Sitting in this chair and just coming down. Oh, it's all nice and lovely. And the same music kicks on as if they're going through this tunnel. And I'm and like, oh no, the tunnel like, oh, flashes. It's gonna, it's gonna go down. Go rowing and rowing. <laughs> the tunnel is glowing. Oh man, so good. And oh, then yeah, because it's like the AI voice too is like. Like, kind of took place of, like, Wilder's little monologue, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, it was such a good scene. Okay. And it was just so super brief, too. It was only, like, maybe 30 seconds worth of a scene, but it was great. So, yeah, so good. Nothing, like, overstayed its welcome in that film. No, 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 no. It wasn't like they had, like, a few good ideas and they burned them to death. I mean, yeah. the only thing they redid a lot was Thor getting electrocuted and, like, passing him out. <laughs> yeah. That was... <laughs> but it, it was always funny. And it paid off in the end when Loki, when he just left the thing on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, Loki Thor banter and like relationship in that film was great. Yeah, that was really good. That was my favorite film with Loki. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. You know, I felt that that was one of Tom Hiddleston's best performances as Loki. He kind of had a lot to do in a supporting role, and you know, he was good with his fights. He was good in his usual betrayals. Um, you know, everyone just seemed to be having a lot of fun. You could tell. Even Kate Blanchett, you know, this Oscar nominated, or I don't know if she's won, but uh, definitely a very premier dramatic actress. And she just seemed to be having a ball as Hella. There's so. a few scenes in that where I'm thinking, like, she doesn't look like she's aged a day. She looks like she's gone in reverse. And she's then, like and then sometimes it, it kind of pans up and you see, like, she has aged a little. But damn, she is still an attractive woman. Yes, very much so. Yep. Not that that matters. Yeah, you know, so surprisingly, yeah. <laughs> surprisingly, um, she wasn't really in the movie all that much either. No, it was like she was just like a plot device. Yeah, but you know, I think I think they use her to great effect though, because you can't have her in the movie half of the movie. She's way too fucking powerful. For I mean, sure. it took the culmination of the entire movie and a mountain-sized fire god to take her out. So yeah. I think she was perfectly utilized, especially considering her own like you know, belief in herself. Like she, she thinks she's this God so important. You know, I'm the, uh, I'm the ruler of Asgard that it takes her so long to even do anything because she's not in a hurry. Realistically. Yeah. No, she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I guess she's waited so long as it is. Yeah. Like it it just reminded me of like, kind of like of Loki, like how Loki thinks of himself when he's like trying to take over too. Yeah. They're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of felt like Heimdall, was almost like Gunslinger coming right back from the Dark Tower, except he traded his gun. He ran out of ammo, got a sword. You know, when I saw him in the forest and he's, you know, saving some, you know, children from the... Yeah, um, I like guy. I like that he got a little more spotlight, too. Yeah, it was I mean, cool. Who doesn't like it as Elba? Like, oh, he's just awesome. The Ku Klux Klan? 
<laughs> oh, I guess, guess they would. <laughs> That's a good point, Marty. They're probably Thank the you. only ones. And they're Sorry. very wrong. He is a man. <laughs> we do not condone the KKK here at the DHUD podcast. No. Uh, one. <laughs> we, <laughs> Do we have to say that? Yeah, you're right. I should really probably. Yeah, we don't really have to say that. <laughs> I hope that's obvious. I, I hope so. Um, shit, now I forget what I was going to say. Next, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, speaking okay. of assholes, that okay, the sorry. devil's anus. Back to okay. the fire giant. <laughs> okay, we're not going to talk devil's anus. <laughs> we can talk devil's anus. Just give me a second okay. before I lose this train of thought again. All right, so Loki for sure pocketed that cube. Oh, you yes. have to. He's oh, got yeah, the Tesseract. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. okay, so, uh, that's gotta be Thanos' ship, right? At the post-credits yeah. scene. So, Thanos drawn to them because he pocketed this Tesseract. Makes a lot of sense. It's gotta be, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's all I want to say. Yeah, which is really good. Uh, super good. Super awesome. So, yeah. Thanos is gonna wreck that ship. Yeah. Thor is gonna be cast. As Guardians, all of their, <laughs> all of their effort will be for naught, as Guardians will be extinct. Although, maybe Thor tries to get, let them get away. And, oh, he, and then he gets cast space. away into space. Yeah. And then the Guardians bump into him yep. at the beginning of Infinity War Part 1. I was hoping that's how the film would end. Yeah, I was too. too. I was too. That would have been amazing. That would have been really awesome. Yeah. But they, they got stuff planned. I they guess. really tend to attack on these, like, the last post credit scenes in these films really have no value. No, they don't. No. They're just The fine. post, post, post. Yeah. Yeah. They're hit and miss. I mean, the one with uh, Captain miss. America at the end of it was Spider-Man Homecoming. Right? Oh, it was Homecoming. Yeah, yeah, Homecoming with the PSAs. That's great, but it still didn't. The second post credits has nothing to do with the plot. It's always like just bullshit. Like you know, they're eating shawarma or yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um, I felt this one was a miss, to be quite honest, with Goldblum. Yeah, I, I didn't need it. It's just you know what, we should really learn that we can just leave, really, because. I stay because I, well, I mean, yeah, I want to see it, obviously. And I want to get the laugh if the laugh is there. But I stay hoping that I get one little more morsel of info squeezed out of this overarching Infinity Gauntlet saga that they've been they've been telling us since day one. But you never fucking get the payoff. No, you don't. But <laughs> You always left blue but, ball. But speaking of payoff in Infinity Gauntlet, I love that little scene. Oh, that's great. Yes. Fake. Fake, fake. Oh, she goes in, fake, so knocks sense. over the... Yeah. Uh, it makes so much gauntlet. sense because Thanos already has the gauntlet. Of You've course. already seen that makes so that's the best thing that ever. Was, that was a really great scene when that, they were just being like fake. Yeah. Lame. And, and what I oh, love is like good. what I love <laughs> is that the camera didn't like focus for an awkwardly long time on it to be like, look, look, it's the infinity glove. Look, it's the infinity glove. And then it's like fake. Yeah. It was like a quick fake, yeah. bl- you know, you almost could miss it. I like when movies don't treat the audience as stupid. As, like, I, yeah, I don't I think Marvel is Good for that. Yeah, I don't, I agree. Think, I don't think Marvel I agree. ever does that kind of shit. I, I think they're kind of really getting like the tone for Infinity War too, where in the comics it's almost a really convoluted like like kind of plot. Like I mean, not convoluted maybe, but really complicated like story. And yeah, we've had weird. such a big build to get to Infinity War now that it feels like they've nailed like the comic book feeling, yeah. and that's so different from like how Justice League seems to be leading into like Dark Side. Like, yeah. I mean, they've had like two or three films. It's like, all right, already we're at the biggest of the bad, just yeah. to keep up with Marvel. And uh, Marvel's taken a long time to get here, and maybe it will pay off because I hope it does. It seems like it will. Just like I, I mean, I know I've said it before. It just like seems like it only get disappointment out of it. But oh, man, I don't know, man. I'm really, I love, I love that fucking movie, Ragnarok. So good, holy and, shit! And part of that is honestly. 
the other Thor films weren't that great. Like, they were yeah. passable films. They are mediocre at best. But the thing is, is, you know, going into this one, yeah, we're excited because we'd seen stuff, but you still have trepidation based on the other Thor films. Of course. And you leave so happy because you didn't, you don't go in with that immense expectations. Yeah. And that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like I said at the beginning of this uh, recording, it was fresh. It was something that even though we kind of knew they were going for comedy, uh, you know, it really did come across as as something new, and it was hilarious and it was fun, and uh, yeah, it was great. And I think, like Marty said, there's that contrast between the other two Thors, which were just you know, very, just very average, very passable, and very forgettable. I'd say the first one was very vanilla, mm-hmm. and I think that was something that was true of um, maybe just the first couple Marvel films that set up a lot of these characters. Um, it's, but it's Thor especially. I mean, Captain America 1, you could argue, is pretty tame, too. Yeah. And But I like that movie a lot more than I like the first Thor. And it, maybe it had, a yeah. bit more, it had a bit more personality, maybe, yeah, for me. Yeah, yes. And that's... Uh, maybe I just maybe yeah. I just like Chris Evans as Captain America so much. Yeah, maybe that's what um, it is. But, but Hemsworth sure came into his own now. But, I mean, the, that uh, all those Phase 1 movies suffer from that, though, right? Like, uh, Iron Man 2 is the same. Iron Man 2 is... Was garbage, by far the worst Iron Man movie because they had to shoehorn in everything. They had to build it. They had to put everything into it. They had Fury and introduce Black Widow and the whole entire initiative of the Avenger initiative. Like that's why that movie suffers so much and is not does like is not great. It's not. Yeah, it's not a great. Movie. It suffers and it, it's definitely in the lowest uh, kind of yeah part of that. And and then again and like you said, same with the first Avenger. That's that movie was created. To be the prelude for the Avengers, right? Like, that's why that movie exists. Well, while we're on this, do you guys want to start talking about uh, kind of our trilogy? Yeah, um, it seems we're So then we want to leave the ratings till the end? Oh, you know what? Yeah, sure. Let's give it a rating. Let's we do... make listener just wait and yeah. stay tuned to the end, listener. You yeah, want the ratings. That's, that's always a good idea. You know? <laughs> stay tuned. The rating's coming up. Yeah. You'll be surprised. It's like clickbait. It's quick, matey. Yeah, you'll be shocked by what Leland says. <laughs> <laughs> All we'll right. Be shocked. Well, then let's talk about um, our trilogy series that we're, we've been kind of throwing around in our minds for a, a few weeks here and bantering about. You know, we, we have a set series of uh, bonus episodes that we're going to be slowly releasing, and they're going to be about trilogies. Leland, like specific trilogy. We're going to basically, yeah. an ep- one episode will be us picking a well-renowned, highly-renowned trilogy and kind of judging the entries and, you know, putting them up against our own criteria, seeing how they measure and how they fare for each each of us. Yeah, this all kind of came about because we saw a graph that it was like these, it have a bunch of trilogies lined up and uh, then it would have like overall ratings, like critical reception, I guess, for these each film in the trilogy and it would show like a graph and it would have... You know, um, for example, like uh, Star Wars, you know, obviously the second film was the most revered. So it would be like the first one's really high. The second one's very high. And the third one was a little bit lower. Now, that's not for everybody, of course. But, yeah, right, um, right. you know, it, it can, just to give an example. Right. And for Thor, you know, I mean, I, I think I speak for everybody that you could definitely list the first two films quite low. And the third film, very high. And that oh, yeah. seems to be like the exception, for, you know, when it comes to trilogies. Totally, totally. Usually yeah. that trilogy is like the third best in the trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Quite it's, often. It's usually no numero uno or duo. Yeah. 
Yep. Right, right. And do we want to dive into a little bit into our personal criteria when it comes to... Sure. Why don't uh, you lead us then? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I gave this some thought. And I think for me to have a trilogy that I would consider great, all three films have to be at least good or... Yeah, I, I would have to consider it good. And the one I go to, because I don't think we're going to review it, and if, I, if I'm if i wrong, tell me to shut up, but the Godfather trilogy, uh, the first two films are absolutely fantastic, and most people and critics will say that. The third film is average, but does that mean that the whole trilogy is, like, I wouldn't consider it a good trilogy? No. No, I think that's okay. Whereas another trilogy, and I won't dive into it, but the Star Wars trilogy where, uh, uh, the prequel trilogy where, uh, you know, at least one of the movies is absolute crap, if not two of them. That is definitely (laughs) a bad trilogy. Right. So So where is that line? The line for me is that you can't have a true cancer out of the three movies. Okay. That's that's Sure, because it spreads. It 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 takes the whole thing. It, it does. That makes sense. If it's really bad. That makes sense. So for me, that what does it is, it needs to, the trilogy needs to feel cohesive. So, for example, with the Thor trilogy, and this is partly the issue just with Marvel cinematic films in general, they feel like they're part of a bigger universe a lot of the time and not part of just their trilogy. So when you look at uh, maybe the Iron Man films is a good example too. Like number two, it really serves to move the Marvel plot along right. and less the it's Iron Man plot. Totally. It's serving an agenda, a greater agenda. Exactly. And that's tough with um, these superhero films that fit inside a big universe, but not as difficult maybe when we look at like The Dark Knight Rises and like that, the Christopher Nolan trilogy, Right. you know, when they're separate. And that, that allows you to build a trilogy or whatever, however many you want to build. And, uh, I mean, that would be a great example of a trilogy that definitely, um, there's no, like, enormous weak link. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, obviously everyone's got their I favorite. mean, it's difficult, though, comparing any other franchise of trilogies to, like, Marvel trilogies. It's just, it's such a different animal. It is. It's like, if you look at the Iron Man trilogies, I, I love Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3, is, I thought, was a fantastic movie. You get so much character development for Tony Stark himself, and you see he's like, he's like, he's suffering from PTSD from the events of Avengers for Christ's sakes, like, and yeah, and but you you are able to get that because of this bigger Marvel picture, right? So a good thing did come out of that overarching, you know, we are serving your higher agenda, Marvel. We will serve you, right? So you do get something good, but that movie, I think, stands out in that trilogy for me because they do pull back from that greater agenda and they just tell an, they tell us they tell a story about Tony Stark and the same with Winter Soldier Winter yeah. Soldier out of all the Captain America films that's the one that uh, I would think doesn't serve anything as much I mean obviously it brings down Sh- uh, shield yeah but at the same time it really develops um, Captain America's character and uh, Winter Soldier and that's huge moving forward for Marvel yeah and totally totally I mean it's all those other all those other uh, IPs. Those character movies don't really they don't deal with Shield. No, I mean, yeah, you have Shield pretty intrinsically ingrained into the Iron Man franchise again, other than Iron Man three, because that was like their flagship movies set going into developing this universe. It was a necessity, but other than that, I mean, 
Like the same with Thor one. Thor one was sa- same thing with Cap one and Iron Man two. It's there. It's developing tie-ins, and it's mm. like that's the purpose that it's serving. Yeah, and looking at Iron Man one, the only reason that that didn't serve any other greater master is because they didn't have that yet. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. this movie had to succeed on its own to give us anything else. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I really need to rewatch because that was a good movie. Yes, definitely. It, yeah. it stands up. I watched it maybe about a year ago. Yeah. Really good. Nice. Again, uh, other than the final the final fights. Yeah, not so good. It's funny that that was that that it was and I think still is to some extent a running criticism for those movies. The final the final scenes they just fall flat. Like even Iron Man 2's final battle with Whiplash just fall fell flat. That's just an issue with superhero movies. It's like you build up these giant stakes in each film. Yeah. But how can they mean so much when you see it seven times a year? You're right. right? Yeah, that's like, true. You know, you can only feel like the Earth's going to die so many times. <laughs> yeah. But that's where I think uh, Infinity War has, you know, like uh, an ace up its sleeve because it could destroy part of the Earth, you know? Like it it's realistically true. could do a lot of damage. A lot of shit has got to go down in that movie, man. I know I've said that before. I think we can yeah. talk about that whatever whatever episode we did Marvel in, I think it was seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, we, we got to have deaths. We got, we, <laughs> you know, I sound so bloodthirsty, but we got to have some stakes, meaning, you know, instead of Zerkovia losing 10 square kilometers, you know, Zerkovia doesn't even exist in real life. You know, we got to have something that connects us as the audience in our emotions to some sense of loss and sadness. And I think that's got to come by a couple characters dying and us knowing, you know what? We've spent the last six, seven, eight years, depending on the character, getting to know these characters, and they're gone. They're right. dead. Mm-hmm. The rest right. of the and again, we've we have said yeah, all exactly. this again. Yeah. Um, so let's let's go go back get back to Thor. Let's get back to the trilogy. Of okay. Thor. So how do you think that like the actual character of Thor, ha- like how, what kind of growth has he gone through in this trilogy? Like, like oh. We didn't really finish. I didn't get to my criteria for a trilogy. No, you didn't. Really. And I haven't really thought about it all that much. But, okay, similar to what you guys are saying, each movie has got to be stand, stand on its own for me. i got to be able to sit down and watch this movie and be like, okay, that was great. I can pull that outside of this trilogy and I can watch it and enjoy it and be satisfied with the outcome of it. But in the same vein, I like I like having it all strung together. I like I'm, – I'm perfectly fine with the first two movies kind of – culminating to the third you know and and maybe even unbeknownst while you're watching those first two but you come and you say oh by the time you get to the third installment you're like holy shit those first two movies are now making sense to me do you have an example no (laughs) (laughs) of course not has there ever been a good trilogy for you obviously not but (laughs) what i can say is in the 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 culmination i would say that for sure happens in matrix you know, those first two movies, everything happening in those movies do bring you directly to the breaking point of three. But three doesn't stand alone. But three does not. No, I could not. You can't look at three and be like, oh, this is a movie on its own. And I understand what they're doing with this. You just, yeah, you, you're right. You you don't get it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But maybe that's difficult to do for with the trilogy, continuing characters and keeping that tie, that, that tie in that I say I like. How do you do that without 
ha, you know, semi heavily relying on what you've already built in your franchise. I can think of um, the one that I think fills that fits that criteria quite well is the uh, Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, the first film really just sets up who Bruce Wayne is as Batman. It's a great origin story. Mm-hmm. The second film gives him his greatest nemesis and kind of develops him as like a detective and a vigilante and puts him and it does like defeat him. At, you know, it, it puts him on the run and he has to retire. And that sets up that third film, which uh, culminates, you know, I mean, you could argue that the endings or whatever, but sure. it still culminates and completes the story. Yeah. Yep. But uh, speaking of Thor. So I went to uh, Rotten Tomatoes to look at the score for the other films. And I actually looked at a bunch of the Marvel cinematic scores just to kind of give me a frame of reference. Yeah. And um, so the the films in general, they're in the bottom 25% um, critically uh, for the Marvel films um, domestically. And worldwide, they're in the bottom 50%. So the first two films were not really that well received, mm. especially, I think, um, the second film. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, to me, it was just boring. And, uh, but the third film, I think it's sitting at like 93% from critics right now or something. It's quite high. Wow. And, uh, it, I mean, it's not the highest rated superhero film, I think of all time, but it's quite up there. Hmm. And that's really impressive. That is very impressive. Yeah. And, uh, as for worldwide gross, and this is probably the most amazing. I think Thor's are Thor, the newest one's already made over 400 million. Whoa. Uh, Holy world, shit. Worldwide. Um, it's, I think they're on. And, this, and we're recording this the opening weekend yeah. of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And it's, um, I think it's pulled in, it's expected about 120 domestic. And the last Thor film capped at 650. So hmm. they've already, come pretty damn close to the first to the wow. second film in one weekend. Well. Yeah, you know, it, it deserves its rewards. I think one of the notes that we've touched on in this episode is the contrast between Ragnarok and the other two Thor films. Yeah, it, I mean, it stands on its own, forget story-wise, it stands on its own as far as tone. It feels like a completely different movie. Maybe not a completely different Thor, more that they just play off his natural comedic tendencies and, and kind of ridiculousness that was always there with having an Avenger who's literally a god. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, and they played they played into that in Avengers way yeah. back, right? They yeah. even had some moments. There's a lot of witty banter between him and yeah. Stark. And, yeah, they definitely played that aspect in Joss Whedon's version of Thor. Right. right. And I think they took that, they dialed it up to 11, and that's what we got in Thor Ragnarok. I think it was a move of genius to make it a comedy um, because it really felt like a comedy action in that order. My question to you guys would be, do you, like for the next Thor film, if we get a standalone, would you continue the comedy or would you bring it back more grounded action? That is a really, really good question. That's tough because it really depends on what Infinity War does to the Marvel Universe. I'm going to say that we should not get another Thor movie. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because Asgard's done. Gotta go out on a high point. Yeah. I I, I, mean, I would have no problem with never seeing another Thor standalone movie. I and again, who knows what's going to happen with that character after Infinity War. Well, but you know what? I mean, there's practicalities to Marvel Studios as well. They're bringing in more new superheroes like Black Panther, who's probably going to get more than one standalone film, like Doctor Strange, like Ant-Man, who's already getting a sequel. You know, you can't keep just adding 
characters that get trilogies and keep having the old characters get, you know, four, five, six standalone movies eventually becomes too expensive. Sure, and your schedule is way too much. And I think you're going to keep the actors for longer, too. I think if they have less of a commitment where, you know, they pop up every once in a while in another character's film or a big Avengers movie, I think you'll keep guys like Chris Hemsworth and Robert Downey Jr. more likely to stay in the MCU long term. Do you guys have any other combination of the Avengers that you'd really like to see in a film? Uh, like as far as kind of like how we have like a buddy cop sort of d- right but do you film. mean within the mcu or just characters you like from like pulling characters like dream on-screen characters i'd say just from the mcu okay well like i said uh last episode i think it was i who who is there to form this team that makes any sense there's nobody like okay so I wouldn't mind having uh, Ant-Man Wasp leading the team, maybe. The Winter Bucky Barn, Captain America. And you can keep Falcon around. I like Scarlet Witch. I don't know what's going to happen with Vision. Vision's probably going to die. Yeah, he's probably going to Vision's die. toast, probably. Well, that's that's. I'm kind of thinking more in terms of just a standalone film. So we're looking at, say, say the next Ant-Man film. It's like, well, who should we put with Ant-Man in this film? Like, oh, say, like say team-ups. Wanted, team-ups, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Kind of like how... Uh, Hulk, sure. Thor and Hulk, right? Well, I mean, where are you going to get Ant-Man and the Wasp? I think that's fine. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. I I don't know, honestly. Like, the other char- the other tertiary character, like, well, like I said, at least I already said before, uh, I'd be down for a Black Widow Hawkeye movie. Yeah, that would be cool. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to think of any kind of natural combinations. I feel like Doctor Strange could use some someone but i don't know who dr strange needs to team up with punisher oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know who who you would put with dr strange you would have to i mean maybe he could be with like star lord or something for a bit yeah they go gallivanting out somewhere i don't know yeah <laughs> you know just no real... they put him into like that like put, mix the mystic with like the marvel like um space yeah. opera stuff yeah that'd be kind of cool yeah maybe maybe yeah I well, love, though, with the the space, and I hope they continue to do this direction of the space. Just, like, everything out in space for Marvel is just, like, 80s influence. Yeah. I is. think that would be an awesome aesthetic just to keep throughout every movie that is somewhere in space. There's some type of little, like, you know. Just it, like, makes sense, too. Old sci-fi. Because, like, it, on um, on that planet, like, it's basically, like, everybody's trapped. It's garbage from everywhere because there's yeah. portals dumping shit from, like, all every ninth, all realms, all the nine realms, yeah. all from what it seems, right? Like they really yeah. got the music and like the robots and everything perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was so good. So, good. <laughs> so uh, when it comes to trilogies in regards to Thor, since we we're just never going to talk about it, <laughs> um, Thor, the Thor trilogy is t- a terrible trilogy. Yeah, I agree. You know, like I really. Whoa, okay. Like, ter- terrible's <laughs> far. For for, for, for trilogy though, yeah, like trilogy. I mean, realistically, other than the, the the one thing that carries on is the relationship between Thor, Loki, and uh, Odin. Like that's the thing that kind of carries on through the films. Yeah, but, that's but, true. But even Thor's love interest just disappears in this third film. Yeah, because they realized that wasn't working. Um, Sif is somewhere. Logistics. Yeah, exactly. Where's Sif? Where is she? I want her back. She better be on that fucking boat somewhere. Where are they? <laughs> Where's <laughs> Rachel? Where's <laughs> Seth? Swear to me. 
Um, you know, I think Marty brings up a good point. You know, I'm imagining right now that there's a kid who, you know, was born five, six years ago. In a few years, they get into Marvel movies. They've got the whole back catalog. They can binge over a month in summer vacation. I hope somebody the- is leading them and telling them the viewing order. Hopefully, but I think when you see <laughs> when you see all the films close together, if we were ever to go through the back catalog, I do think uh, the Thor trilogy will be seen as the red-haired stepchild, even with this gem as the yeah. third film. Man, comparatively, you kind of have to grind to get there, and I mean, we did it. You're right. Part of the MCU, you but will. you got to grind through two average, yeah. serious, dark-ish average again yeah films. Can you explain to me why having a red-headed stepchild is bad uh because it's a uh, cliche and i'm a former english teacher booyah it's kind of offensive yeah though. you're a former english second language oh that doesn't make you a fucking a soriate or whatever i have to edit out that offensive comment i think <laughs> oh please I, I I think you're very you're t- you're totally right. Yeah, you guys are right. This is not a good trilogy. This is a bad trilogy. And again, now thinking about Dark World, the only purpose Dark World serves is is again to further the Marvel agenda and set up another Infinity Stone in their race to finally establish all six of these st- those these stones and give the viewers some semblance of where they are and who has and what and which ones are it's where. It's a $200 million plot device. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You guys are right. I think the Aether is the reality stone, I think. They switched the colors, so yeah. all the colors are different from where they are in the comics, so it's hard, different to, difficult to tell. Yeah, it's... They take they, they, they a long time to get here. We haven't seen all six, though, have we? I don't know. I think... I feel like we're missing one. So Tesseract is space. Yeah. Aether is reality. Okay. Right? Loki's staff, he's got the mind gem. Okay. Uh, I believe Vision has the soul gem in his head. Yeah. And the purple one from Guardians, I think, is the power stone. Oh, and then, of course, Doctor Strange has the time. So, yes, we have seen all six. So, there is six? There is six, yeah, because all five fingers and then one in the the middle. middle. Right, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think one of those, I feel like I'm reading one of those wasn't confirmed. Oh, maybe it's Loki's staff. I think that's the one. I'm, I, I swear that is one, though. I think it's confusing because they're both blue. The Tesseract is definitely the space stone. Yeah. Because it's teleport. It's you, They use it to transport. Mm-hmm. So they all make sense, right? It's easy to figure out. Yeah. Well, I suppose. Well, then in that case, if that is true, then we haven't seen the mind stone then. Yeah, I can't remember. I'll have to do some research. Where is Loki's staff right now? Anyways. I don't know. I yeah. thought you saw it in a lockup somewhere in one movie. Yeah, was, it was, was it? referenced. It was talked about in one recent movie, I think. Was it with the collector? Did he have it? No, no. I don't think so. Right now, the collector should only have the Aether Stone. By the way, the collector is the brother of the Grandmaster. What? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh wow. That's funny. That's great. Kind of makes sense. It yeah, really does make seem sense. Very yeah. Similar. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of these timeless beings. Yeah, one collects people and the other one collects stuff. <laughs> and people. And people. The prisoners with jobs. That was, that was a great line. I don't like the S word. Don't use the S. Don't use the S word. <laughs> I loved when he melted that guy. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm stepping in it. Why are you oh. handing me the melty stick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could do with a Grandmaster origin story. Okay, well, there's some improv that um, kind of fell flat with the, his little guard lady when he asked oh, her, what, yes. what, what, what does it smell like? And she's like, burnt toast. 
That was clearly an improv line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I didn't actually hear that. I, everyone was laughing from something else. I missed the line. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that was that was one rare exception. Totally, 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 for totally. sure. Yeah, I really have don't. I don't have much to pick about that. I mean, when it comes to Thor as a trilogy, I definitely rate it low on a trilogy scale. But um, this is a rare exception where I'd say the first film is probably to me like somewhere around like a five out of ten. Yeah. Six out of ten. Yeah. Um, it was probably a bit more exciting when it first came out just because it was Thor. Uh, the second film to me is maybe like a four or five, like barely passable. And the third film, yeah. I'm not going to give away my rating, but Whoa. it's, it's high. high. Oh, there's... but you had a golden segue there's right gold. there. That's waiting right till the very end. Well, are we not <laughs> at the very end? I don't know. It kind of seems like we got it. some more things to talk about. I think that's, for me, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I just... It's not a great trilogy to talk about. No, it's yeah, it's difficult, right? It's not... It's so pretty cut and clear. Yeah. Like, Ragnarok is by far the best film in this trilogy. I mean, you can nitpick one and two and see which one's first and uh, second and third, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to go for me, it goes Ragnarok, Dark World, Thor. Yeah. That's how I do. I'd say for me, it goes Ragnarok, Thor, Dark World. I'm with Marty. Ragnarok, really? Thor, Dark World. Yeah, I thought... I thought the original Thor had some lighthearted. Was it um, uh, Kat Dennings? That's it. I can't believe I remembered her name. Yeah. She had some good humor in that one. I yeah, liked her character. That's true. that's true. And I liked that it was a little bit lighthearted and played off his his godness come to earth. I forgot she was in the Marvel Universe. Seems like every actor ever has been in the Marvel Universe at yeah, this right. point. Totally. I'm missing like Tom Cruise and. Try to figure it out. Who's missing from one of the superhero universes? Well, now it? we have uh, Matt Damon is now officially an Asgardian. He, he was... He, what? Yeah, he was, was on the, my list. Was Matt Damon not Loki in the theater play? Oh. <laughs> oh I, I thought that I was Matt noticed. Damon. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be in it. Sam Neill was uh, Odin in, in, yeah. the, in the theater oh, play. Yeah. yeah. I, knew, I, knew, I knew Matt Damon was in it, but I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, That's right. No, you are right. I'm <laughs> imagining right now. He was one of the two. It was Tom Cruise and Matt Damon, who I did not see of the oh, A-list in a so superhero funny. movie. Yet. Well, Tom Cruise can be Sentry. Ooh. I would like to see Sentry. Then Sentry and Hulk could... Could square off. That'd be cool. Even but though Sentry's so stupid. Tom Cruise can't pull off Sentry. Sentry's awesome. But he's basically Superman. Yeah, with a debilitating mental illness. That's a very cool character. Not because mental illnesses are cool, but because of what you could potentially do with that. Yeah. That's cool. You just this un this power of a million exploding suns. He's just a weird character. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just this, he's almost like a Marvel sort of, like, thing they they bust out when it's like, oh, something's gotten too strong, let's just bust out the sentry. Yeah, you're right. He, just does, he doesn't have much to go on, other than his, he's know, immensely man. powerful. He's pretty cool. I like him. But I also really like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one thing, a criticism of the Marvel Universe right now, is they have almost no female superheroes other than like secondary characters like yeah w what's i mean the avengers are like black widow and uh um scarlet witch but like neither of those have had much plot development arguably black widow to some extent but she's always just been an add-on to films yeah and she's always been great as a tertiary character like she's always been good she's never been like why is she in this movie i feel yeah but her like motivations have changed based on film too you're right that's it's true like she's she's there to serve the film the film isn't she there totally to serve her is. she totally is 
Well, I'm not a comic book guy, and I know we're getting Miss Marvel. What major? So uh, it's super... actually Captain Marvel. Oh, Captain we called Marvel. it Miss Marvel for like 40 oh. minutes that last episode. Captain. Yeah, it's uh, she's ca- she's Captain Marvel. Okay, they're pretty much the same. They're the same character. Yeah, it's like the same. It's it's Carol Danvers. It's, she's Carol Danvers. It's cap. Technically, it's Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Well, no. you're right. But she gets her powers from Captain Marvel, and then takes up his mantle. Who Captain Marvel is a Cree. Uh, he's a Cree, I think. Who they're like em- enemies of the Skrulls, which are the shape shifting guys that invade Earth and shit, and they they take over. Uh, they like uh, kidnap and pose as superheroes in uh, Secret Invasion and stuff like that. So it's a whole big storyline thing, which is really cool. But uh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> besides Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel, not Miss Marvel, what, Captain uh, Marvel is what, the name of the is the name of the movie. That's okay. what they're calling her in the movie. Yes. <laughs> what what notable female superheroes would you guys throw in? I'm just not a comic guy, so I don't know who else is out there. Like I don't know from Marvel. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Black Widow was a big one, I guess, and yeah. she's already in it. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's the only. People I can think of are like mutants, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it, you know, it could be cool moving into Phase Four if Thor dies. That um, they recently, a few years ago, if I think it was for their Avengers Now movement in in the in the Marvel comics, um, they replaced Thor with a female Thor. I did see that. Yeah. They mm. could do that in in the Phase Four too. I mean, that could be cool. That could again freshen up that franchise and pretty much make it its own new franchise. Right. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, other than that, I'm having a hard time thinking of any. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought about it as an issue, but I don't have a solution. <laughs> <laughs> that defines the T-HUD podcast. And perhaps, the <laughs> I mean, the biggest thing there and the reason it seems so obvious now is because when you look at Justice League, Wonder Woman's like, you know, right well, next to Batman. She's leading, she's leading the charge for yeah. quality yeah. in that yeah. cinematic universe, too, right now. For sure. Well, I mean, I'm ready to give my score. Yeah, me too. Uh, you want to start with uh, Moby? Yeah, and I want to do Leland last. Okay. All right. I am on pins and needles. Yeah, I give it uh, eight Thunderbolts out of ten. Okay. Uh, I will go with a ten out of ten. Whoa. And now, let me preface that, or I guess I've already said it. <laughs> <laughs> You won't succeed. Yes. Su- succeed. Let me explain. Okay. Just real quick. I don't mean the film's perfect, but when it comes to fulfilling my expectations, making it a fun film, having great action, I couldn't ask for more from a superhero film. I don't have any real criticism, and I'm not giving it a perfect score, even though it's out of 10. Well, I guess I am. I'm giving it a perfect you score. But, it, you know, nothing's <laughs> perfect, but I would call it a masterpiece in terms of a superhero film. For what it was. Wow. Leland? Well, you, my friend, you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. No fucking I way. I loved this movie. I enjoyed every second I was sitting in that chair. Even with the dumb little fuck in front of me leaning way too far back and smacking me in the shins. I love this movie. I wow. Every second of this movie I enjoyed. Now, I hope to hell that it holds up over repeated views and the jokes still land the second or third time I'm watching this movie. But I will. I love this movie. I had such a great time, and I think again it plays in. I love the story of line of Planet Hulk and War. I, that's like my favorite comic arc I've ever read. I just I loved it. I fucking loved it. Oh, wow. so good. 
And you know, I think Crim's Ham- uh, Hamsworth has put on some size. Yeah, he was pretty jacked. Like his uh, shoulders and tries yeah. look you know, larger than usual. He was quite uh, lean, like a very th- tapered waist. Yeah. Um, big back. Um, and, yeah. You know, you got the big bicep vein. Cannonball shoulders. Yeah. He looked his good. His triceps are definitely huge. His they're, triceps are huge. They're nice triceps. Yeah. Like, they're, they're really always flexed. Like, he's clearly always, <laughs> he, like, he, he's yeah, grabbing he's his totally thigh. Yeah. He's, like, squeezing <laughs> as hard as he can for every scene. He, he clearly... <laughs> He must like they must do push ups too before like those. Oh sure, sure. He's sure, like, oh, sure. get pumped. What was that movie we were watching where you see like the the guys in the back <laughs> yeah. doing curls? Oh, oh it was uh, Sleepaway Sleep Camp. Camp. Yeah, yeah. that terrible, terrible. Yeah, it, was, old uh, movie. it wasn't even curls. It was shoulder raises. Yeah, that's right. You and saw. The, whole, the whole film, he's doing uh, side yeah. raises. It's just like a, it's like for a listener if you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, I don't think I would recommend it. But <laughs> they're at it's Sleepaway Camp, so it's like this camp for kids and these counts are like these jacked counselors and you see like they gotta be do- it's gotta be like they don't realize they're on camera and they're getting uh, swole for, yeah. for the next scene <laughs> like, like this like in the background you see this fuzzy guy doing shoulder yeah. so good on you Marvel for not accidentally filming Chris Hemsworth doing his shoulder his lat raise his lateral raises uh, you can imagine a scene with Grandmaster and you see Chris Hemsworth in the back doing push ups <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum licking his lips, giving those eyes, those eyes he gave at one point to Thor. Remember that? I love, yeah, I look at the when he's like when they're uh, escaped to. What does he call him? He says that uh, seductive Lord yes. of Thunder. <laughs> he's like seductive God, God of, of Thunder. thunder. <laughs> I love this movie. I loved it. I will never. You'll never hear me give a ten ever on this podcast again. I bet. Probably not. Famous oh. last word. Really, I really like that movie. So I guess we give it an average nine. Mind yeah. you, yeah, yeah. What's wrong with Holy you? Eight. Shit. You know what? I I enjoyed it a lot, but for some reason, like the word classic doesn't come to mind for me, and I don't and know. That's why. what you're gonna. That's the high regard you hold a ten out of ten to. Well, look, I I laughed at a lot of it, but if you listen to me, I wasn't laughing at like everything. Like there was there, especially like when his, he was swinging on the chain in the beginning, I was like, oh, that's amusing. But I didn't laugh like the rest of the audience. Sure, did. but you're gonna, okay. So I will admit this is personal. Point, gonna... I will admit my 8 out of 10 is personal. As far well, as my quality, personal. as far as quality <laughs> goes, very, very high. I mean, very difficult to find any real flaws. I don't know. An 8 out of 10 for me is still pretty good. Oh, sure. That's a great rating. So I... Again, my ten. I'm giving. I give it a ten for the same reason you give Blade Runner a nine and a half. Sure, that's, sure. That's where that's where I'm coming from with that. Right. I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. Well, you mentioned you know the Planet Hulk storyline, which you love. Yeah. I'm completely ignorant of that. I'm completely sure. ignorant of Stephen Strange, even though he's kind of cool for his four or five minutes. So sure. I think that plays into my slightly lower view. As far as crafting, it was fabulous, and it was just an absolute home run win. Marvel. So, Whatever you downer, Debbie Downer. So Leland, do you think that's your favorite Marvel film? That, I, I think, yeah, that's my favorite. Okay, I think it's tied with Winter Soldier because I love Winter Soldier for different reasons. Yeah. But I don't know that I would give Winter Soldier a full 10. I hmm. don't think I would give Winter Soldier a full 10. See, I I'm, I feel the same about Winter Soldier, and I feel the same about Guardians, and I'm the same. I yeah, don't know if I Guardians. give them a ten either. 
Yeah, I don't know. But to be fair, we're, we're still hyped coming out of this. Oh, film. yeah. I'm so I'm like jacked up. I just had a large coffee. I'm like vibrating right now. So I'll talk to you in a week. <laughs> yeah. When it's now a four and a half yeah. out of ten. All right, listener, give me a tweet in, in a, a week. This comes out on November 13th. By November 20th, give me a tweet and ask me my feelings are Ragnarok, and we'll see if it's still a 10 out of 10. All right. Well, I think we're ready to wrap this up. I think so. That's it for the T-Ed Podcast. I'm Marty. I'm Moby. And I'm Leland Steele. Thanks, listener. Bye-bye.